Today is Tuesday, December 14th. The title for our devotional is Awe and Wonder. This week in our Good News of Great Joy series, we're looking at the birth of John the Baptist and Zechariah's prophecy. If you remember from earlier in the chapter, Zechariah is punished by Gabriel, the angel, for not believing his words that Elizabeth will conceive and have a son in her old age. He is made mute for his unbelief. It's with that background that we read Luke 1, 57-66. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. In this passage, we see yet another display of God's mercy and his miraculous power. Zechariah, as we saw last week, is portrayed as the kind of anti-model of discipleship. He, a priest working in the temple, doubts, while Mary, a poor young woman with no theological training in the faraway country of Nazareth, believes. Yet here upon the birth of his son, he confirms his faith in God's promise. Better late than never, I suppose. Zechariah's response to the work of God in opening his mouth and setting his tongue free is to praise God. And in this, he is an exemplary disciple, who even though he doubted, now comes to faith and praises God still. This we'll pick up tomorrow when we begin looking at his prophecy, which the foundational element of it is his praise to God. Similarly, the response of the neighbors was awe and wonder. In our Western post-scientific revolution world, awe and wonder often get swept away in our efforts to explain the mechanics of how things work. Awe and wonder come to mind every Christmas season. Uh, Santa, spoiler alert, parents, if you're listening to this with your kids around. Go ahead and pause it right now. (laughs) We try to inspire awe and wonder in children with fictional, fantastical stories like of Santa Claus, reindeer, elves, and flying sleighs. As we mature, we, we lose this awe and wonder. Awe and wonder are seen as unwanted remnants from the immaturity of childhood and formerly primitive cultures. This is a shame, I think, as awe and wonder are some of the basic elements of worship. Not that we lose our, it's not a shame that we lose our awe and wonder around Santa, that's, that's a good thing, but losing awe and wonder in general, that is a shame. Instead of losing our awe and wonder as we mature, our awe and wonder must instead mature as well. Instead of embracing awe and wonder at fantasies and fictional stories, we must place them in the one who is truly transcendent, beyond us in every way, and therefore worthy of our awe, wonder, and praise. Losing our awe and wonder, and by consequence our worship, is a real danger of growing in our knowledge and understanding about God as well. The words of my Lebanese Bible professor in college still ring clearly in my mind. Before I went into seminary, he said to me, in all your efforts to know about God, don't ever forget 
how to worship God. These are wise words that I am exceedingly grateful for and return to often. And so in all of our efforts to understand God and to know about him and know who he is, we must never lose our awe and wonder in him because those are the basis of our worship of him. For reflection time today, uh, this Christmas season and today, take time to marvel at what God has done in the first advent of Jesus. As we're reading through this story in Luke chapter 1, just think of all of the miraculous things that God has done. All of the appearances of angels, the miraculous virgin birth, and so on and so forth. Just take time to marvel and sit in awe and wonder at what God did at the birth of Jesus. But don't stop there. Take time to marvel at what God has done in your life. Write those stories down. Tell them to your kids, to your friends, your family, to people who will listen. Tell of the awe-inspiring moments that God has shown up in your life. Like the story of Christmas that we visit annually and share to remind us of what God has done at the first advent. These stories of how God has inspired awe and wonder in our lives are so important for us to share.